With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Intersections Matches Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. This is Justina, your host. I'm the founder of Intersections Match, the only national matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on Indian singles in North America. As a dating coach and matchmaker, I'm always interested in fresh perspectives from fellow relationship experts help me provide the best possible service to our clients. I'm very excited to welcome author and fellow dating coach Neely Steinberg to our show today. Neely has authored Skin in the Game, Unleashing Your Inner Entrepreneur to Find Love, which which we'll be discussing today. Welcome to the show, Neely. Hi, Justina. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And I I think um, your book will empower many daters out there, and I'm excited to share it with our listeners. So to begin with, um, tell me what led you to write your book. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, having been single uh, myself um, throughout, you know, pretty much all of my 20s and my early 30s with a few relationships um, sprinkled in between that time span, um, I'm married now, but, um, and, you know, having purchased a million dating books, you should see my book shelf <laughs> All of them. Um, I, I felt, you know, when I became a dating coach um, that, you know, women out there needed and wanted a practical framework that was less about, you know, rules and tactics to hook a man and chicanery and, um, and really more about being guided to come to decisions in their dating life that felt right to them. And, and so guiding women to come to their own answers, answers that work for them in their own lives, because let's face it, we're all unique, right? We're all individuals. We all have different backgrounds, different experiences, and what works for one person might not work for or resonate with another. And, and so, you know, there, there are a sea of dating coaches out there. You know this. And there's a sea of dating books out there. And so mm-hmm. as I was forming this dating company I, um, and thinking about a book, I kept asking myself, what might be a different, fresh approach? Right? Like, how can I set myself apart from the others? And so let me give you some context here. Simultaneously to writing and speaking professionally about dating, love, and relationships, uh, and, uh, which I've been doing now for more than a decade, and in addition to starting my coaching business about a year and a half ago, I was working as an academic advisor 
at, uh, for business students at the best school for entrepreneurship education in really the world. And while I was there, just, you know, I was going to, like, countless entrepreneurship forums and panels and lectures, and I was working with mm-hmm. alumni entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship faculty, and I was, you know, reading as many texts and articles about entrepreneurship as I could get my hands on. And as I delved into this world, I realized that there were a ton of really cool parallels between the world of entrepreneurship and the world of dating. And what I loved as I studied entrepreneurship, what I loved about them was how passionate motivated, inspired, and dedicated they were to their ventures, as I'm sure you are to your venture, right? And the reason, yeah, the reason they are all of these things um, is because they get to build and shape something of value in their lives, right? They get to build and shape something of value in their lives. And with that comes a sense of ownership, a sense of purpose, a sense of pride, um, and, you know, seeing the purpose of all of the steps along the way is built the journey. And I wanted to transfer all of that excitement, dedication, energy, because of ownership, pride, purpose, to single women navigating the dating world because, let's face it, nothing is worse, right, in your dating life than feeling a sense of dread, right? Like, oh, dating, oh, God, relationships, how am I going to do this? Nothing is worse than that. And certainly nothing is worse than feeling like you have zero control over your faith and love, right? Or um, sure. fit and weight and open things to change. Um, and so this, this entrepreneurial angle of building and shaping something of value is a really cool way for me to inspire women to, to build and shape their love stories like an entrepreneur. So literally, Jessie, I encourage women, you know, and that's what you know, a lot of my book is about, to literally you become the CEO and founder and entrepreneur of your life. And, and the first step, for women in, in their dating journey is really to take ownership of what I like to call their dating and love venture. No more victim mode, no more blaming men, no more blaming society, their parents, taking ownership of that venture. And, and at the end of the day, and I know it's probably going on too long, but, you know, my, my theory is that your dating and love life is a lot like an entrepreneurial startup and that deep within all of us is an entrepreneur waiting to be unleashed into the world. And we can be entrepreneurial in any aspect of our life, any aspect. Some people sure. are entrepreneurial in the traditional sense, started a business in the traditional sense, right? Some people can be entrepreneurial in the way they approach their careers. In fact, there was a best-selling book called The Startup of You, written by Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn and his business partner, that talks about becoming a living, breathing startup of you and applying entrepreneurial strategies to move your career life forward. And for me, that's where I come in, and I was writing my book, uh, I was halfway through writing my book when theirs came out, and so I was like, yes, I'm onto something here. Um, <laughs> we can be entrepreneurial in our dating and love lives and, to cre- and create what we want to create when it comes to love. And so that was sort of the you know, background that led me to write this book and take a different approach. And um, I sort of lay out a sort of framework that women can follow that's sort of rooted in entrepreneurial principles um, in the book. Sure. Now, your book, um, you know, speaking of so um, starting an entrepreneurial venture to find love, which is what we're talking about here, so your book mentions three qualities as being crucial, as being critical to, to really starting an entrepreneurial venture to find love. And you mentioned yeah. desire, a problem-solving mindset, and vision. Will you explain yeah. to our listeners the importance of these three qualities, um, you know, in their love life? That's yeah, absolutely. So um, and, you know, the, the, the good thing is about entrepreneurship, it's really it's a, it's a life skill. And it, you don't have to 
you know, be, um, have a certain personality type or, you know, have millions of dollars. Um, it, it, you know, because a lot of people, people think of entrepreneurs being like aggressive and self-starters and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the good news, entrepreneurship is really about a way of thinking and acting in your life. You can apply that to your dating and love life. And I think as you're sort of starting this dating and love venture, as I like to call it, there are a few things that you do need. And as you said, you know, the first thing is desire. You need to have desire to, you know, putting a stake in the ground. This is what you want to create in your life. You're ready to create that. And having that commitment mm-hmm. to kind of doing what's necessary to get to that place to create what you want to create. And I think there's a lot of women out there who are like, whatever, you know, I don't need love. I don't need a man. And I feel like if this is something really deep down that you want, you have to declare that with pride to, to yourself and to the world. Um, so having that desire, you know, second thing is, as you mentioned, a problem-solving mindset. So entrepreneurs are problem solvers, right? They are looking for solutions out there. And so in your love life, you are literally becoming uh, a problem solver in, in your own love life. And when I say problems, I don't mean that in the short of the negative sense, that um, mm-hmm. the single status is really an opportunity, it's not a burden. But really, when I say problems, it means sort of trying to identify what are the obstacles, right? What are the obstacles in your way? How are you getting in your own way? And then really working, mm-hmm. uh, addressing those obstacles and working through them. Um, and and um, the third thing is that you mentioned, of course, is vision. So I think it's important for entrepreneurs to create sort of an overarching vision of who they want to become in the dating world, what kind of woman. And I say woman because the book, I, it, I work primarily with women, um, and the language in the book is written for women, but really anybody can mm-hmm. take something away from this book. Um, you know, who do you want to be in, in the dating world? And what kind of a relationship do you want to create? And having that overarching vision uh, and then working, doing what's necessary to get to, to achieve that vision. So, so those are the three things. Sure. Wonderful. Well, um, in terms of, you know, speaking of obstacles, speaking of getting in your own way, as you mentioned, um, you know, you discussed actually a model for overcoming limiting beliefs, which hold people back in their dating and relationships. And um, I'm hoping you'll share that model with our listeners. Maybe we can even just pick, um, if it's helpful to do that with an example of any, any limiting beliefs. There are unfortunately a lot out there that we all kind of, um, you know, fall, succumb to sometimes. So um, sure. what, what is that model for overcoming yeah. the limiting beliefs holding you back um, yeah. in, in your dating venture? Yeah. And I'm sure, Jasmina, that you've had limiting beliefs when starting your venture, right? And either you kind of sought to understand them and, you know, why you had these beliefs and worked through them, or you acted in spite of them, right? You took action even though you had some of these limiting beliefs. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, the third chapter is all about um, sort of identifying these obstacles and and working through them. And, 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 but for a lot of women and men, uh, one of mm-hmm. the major obstacles is your belief system, your, your limiting beliefs, you know, the things that you think about yourself, about men, about intimacy, about relationships, about sex, about love, and those beliefs mm-hmm. really hold you back. They hold you back. They keep you stuck. And um, they'll never, you know, unless you sort of work with them, work through them, you're never really going to be able to go in there. It's going to be very difficult for you to go in the direction you want to go and create what you want to create. So there is a model. And the first step is really to identify 
the, the beliefs. Like, what are those? What do I think about myself? What are the, the beliefs that I repeat to myself on a daily basis about myself and men and dating? Um, where they came from, right? And so maybe that means maybe they took root in your childhood. Uh, maybe your relation, you know, your relationship with your parents. Maybe your parents' relationship with each other or lack thereof. Maybe the beliefs took past in certain romantic, or sorry, your beliefs took hold in certain past romantic experiences. Mm-hmm. So bringing them to a conscious place, right? Because a lot of times in the dating world, we're just operating on autopilot. We don't know why we say the things we say or do the things we do. Sometimes we do, but we can't figure out how to stop, right? So, but, so bringing sure. them to a conscious place, okay? Um, and, and then, once you understand where they came from, why you believe so strongly in them, accepting your responsibility, okay? So the first step is to accept. You're an adult now. Accepting your responsibility for perpetuating these beliefs in your, your dating and love life. And then the fourth step is really to replace. To replace all of this old crap that keeps you back and holds you down and replace them with new empowering messages and beliefs. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind of like creating affirmation. That's, that's basically what it is. Um, and then the fifth step is to really go out there and act. To act because if you just sit there in your venture and look in the mirror, like remember Stuart Smalley from that Saturday Night Live episode where he sits in front of the mirror and he's like, I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, and people like me. I don't know if you've seen that. Yet, but, <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. Popular one. You can't, that's, that's great, that's a great step, but if you just sit there in your venture and you don't go out there and act on the new belief that you've created for yourself, you're never really going to move anywhere in your dating club venture. You have to go out there and start acting on your new beliefs that you've created for yourself. Start living by them until they become your default belief, all right? And so that means practicing a lot of mindfulness in your life. When your old beliefs come up for you in your head, literally saying to yourself, oh, my God, I'm thinking this right now, and stepping into the new belief and going in that new direction. So that's sort of the model, and obviously I go into a lot more of it in the book um, in Chapter 3. Yeah, no, very powerful. And, and like you say, in terms of the acting on your new empowering beliefs, that is what gives you the evidence of your new beliefs, your new empowering beliefs. So you are, it's very, you know, that becomes self-perpetuating in a positive way then. So, um, no, very, very yeah. helpful. Um, your book recommends that daters assemble a board of advisors. Uh, what do you tell us about that? But our listeners would love to hear what, uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, as an entrepreneur yourself, Justina, you probably have people uh, mentoring you and, and, and coaching you and supporting you and advising you, certainly when you started out. Um, and so the same thing is true for your dating and love venture. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, you know, I need to go it alone. And it's showing weakness if I have to rely on other people or work with other people or ask other people for help and support. And that's just really a ridiculous notion because we ask for help in every other area of our lives, but yet somehow when it comes to one of the most important aspects of our lives, right, we're like, no, 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 I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody else. And so I um, recommend um, assembling, Chapter 4, assembling your board of advisors, which means assembling a group of people, uh, you know, enrolling people into this entrepreneurial journey of yours and asking um, for, you know, other people's support and advice and, and, um, you know, mentoring. Uh, And so, you know, a few of the people I suggest to be on the board are, first of all, therapists. Um, and I know people are like, oh, no, therapy. But I think it, in my dating journey, it was probably one of the single most helpful things um, that allowed me to um, meet Dave and, and create love in my life, my Dave my husband. Um, the, the second person on your board is, uh, is a mentor, like a love mentor. You know, maybe a close friend that you can go to and talk to about your dating experience as well, um, bounce ideas off of. 
Uh, and then the third, third member is stylist. And not everyone might need that, but, you know, maybe considering, you know, working with the, you know, uh, getting a new look, getting a new wardrobe, creeping up your wardrobe, your, um, you know, maybe getting some new makeup, a new hairstyle. Sometimes just a little packaging tweak, you know, is, is, is what a woman or a man needs in the dating world. Um, so those are just a few sort of uh, advisors that I think uh, will be helpful to be on, on your board, so to speak. And ultimately, the makeup of your board is up to you. And I, I suggest that, you know, also working with a coach um, can be a good idea. But I don't want people to think that they have to spend oodles and oodles of money on creating this board. Really, if you have a job, therapy sessions are covered by um, your work, right, your health insurance. Uh, and if you have a, you know, close friend to be your mentor, that costs nothing, and a, a friend who is um, stylish and knows about clothes and, and, and style, that's not going to cost you anything either. You don't need to spend a ton of money to have this course. Uh, so, yeah, so that's Chapter 4. Excellent. Yeah, a whole chapter that goes into a great, great amount of detail. So thank you for, you know, with the broad strokes of this. And you, um, there's a concept throughout your book, because um, it's, you know, like you said, thinking like an entrepreneur. It's an entrepreneur way of thinking. And this is a concept that I have a feeling is going to be um, new for a lot of people. And it's acting your way into thinking. So will you explain that concept to our listeners? I know it's, a, it's, a, it's an integral one. It's a fundamental one. So, so tell us about that. Yeah. So I think we, you know, in, in most aspects of our life, we really create our life through a lot of trial and error. And dating mm-hmm. is, a, is a ton about trial and error, just as entrepreneurship is a ton about trial and error. You create it for your business through taking action and then seeing what worked and what didn't and then going in, you know, certain directions um, based on your results. And, and the same is true for dating. And so when I, talk, when I say acting your way into thinking, um, that is a, a, a way of taking action in your dating life as opposed to thinking your way into action. So, you know, typically um, a person might might think about something like, should I do this? I don't know. Is it going to get me the results I want? I don't know. I've heard, I've heard bad things about online dating or, you know, like all the, the articles about there about how um, online dating is, makes, uh, is, is bad for your love life and you can hem and haw and weigh the pros and cons and analyze um, or you can just take action. And mm-hmm. what do you learn from from having took that action. So it, it really is sort of, it, it's sort of a mind shift. And so I say in your love life, your dating and love life, start just taking action. And then what did you learn from, from taking that action? What can you um, apply to the next action, action that you'll take? Um, and so that's it's really, you know, what I talked about in the book is my date, learn, repeat model of entrepreneurial dating, which means a lot of the time, doesn't mean you can't ever use prediction in your love life, but a lot of the times, you know, your dating love life can be t- about taking a lot of action out there, you know, then pausing, reflecting, what did I learn, and then acting again in smarter, more empowered ways in your dating love, in love life. Date, learn, repeat. And uh, in each chapter, there's obviously a lot, you know, a lot more to it, but it's, they're simple concepts. Sure. They, they are simple, absolutely, and just kind of to internalize them as you go about things. Um, so your book mentions what you call an affinity list, and I know this list comes up for a lot of people. Tell us, and interestingly, you detail three non-negotiable qualities, which you, um, which you 
actually said is fundamentally important in a partner for long-term love. So something that belongs on every woman's uh, affinity list. So tell us about that. Yeah. I, I rarely, as a coach, make mandates, right, because I'm, I'm more in favor of guiding people, again, to come to the, to the answers that work for them in their lives as opposed to sure, saying, sure. I know what's best for you and I know what's best for you and do this and do that. Um, mm-hmm. So I rarely make mandates. But so I say, you know, when you're creating sort of a list of the things you're looking for in a partner, or I call it your affinity list, um, there are three things that I have mandated in the book that should be on this list. And those three things are kindness, trustworthiness, and reliability, dependability. And I think a lot of times women create their list, they list off a lot of characteristics. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. immensely important to start thinking about the character of, of the person you want to be with, right? Character. And so those three, those three things, kindness, trustworthiness, and, and reliability, are like the cornerstone, cornerstone excuse me, of um, successful relationships. So, you know, is, are the, the, you know, if you're out there in the dating world and dating different people, start asking yourself, is this man kind to me? Is he kind in the way he listens to me or in the way that I need him to be kind to me? Is he trustworthy? Can I really trust this guy? Um, and obviously you start, you know, you, don't, you won't know this after a week of dating someone. You have to continue to date them for a couple of months to see. Um, and is he reliable? Can I depend on this person? Do his actions speak louder than his words? And so not just displaying these three qualities into knowing someone, but is he, he or she consistently displaying these qualities over a period of time? Um, so those are definitely three things that I think should be on every woman's list, and the rest are up to her. Sure. Now, that um, I, I hear you on that. Now, you mentioned two pitfalls in creating an affinity list, um, and these two pitfalls are – you know, on one hand, maybe being too specific, and then alternatively, erring towards being too vague. And I agree with this, actually. I want you to share with our listeners, what, what do you mean by that, in terms of too specific or too vague? Well, I think that, um, you know, sometimes when, um, when I work with women and, they, you know, the, we get to sort of creating this list, um, they'll sure. get, you know, very, very sort of micro-specific, like I want a man who makes over $100,000 or I want a man who, you know, it's just something like very, very specific things. And I think that that limits them a lot of the time. And they're going to start, they're going to pass over men who might make really good matches for them because they're so focused on these very specific qualities, these very specific things on their list. So I encourage them to not get so specific that they might, that they're, you know, missing out on great matches but also not to be, on the flip side of that, not be so vague. So, like, you know, for instance, women always say, like, I want a man who challenges me. And that's so vague. Mm-hmm. I always say, what does that mean? You know, do you want a man who um, challenges you in that he introduces you to, to new things in the world um, or that he introduces you to different viewpoints and perspectives and politics? Or, you know, what exactly do you mean? And get clarity on that instead of just, putting, like, vague, elusive things on your list that really give you no direction. Does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, let's step forward to a, uh, to a first date situation. And yeah. you recommend that a woman ask herself what you call the three reasonablys um, after every first date. And right. what are those three, and how do they help avoid becoming, you know, unconstructively extreme while dating. 
Um, what what are these three reasonably? Yeah, um, and some some people might like eye roll uh, have an eye roll at the the term reasonably, um, but but mm-hmm. I'll explain. You know, the three the three reasonably as I say um, after every first date was did I have a reasonably good time? Was I reasonably attracted to him? And did we have a reasonable amount of common interest? Um, because I just I don't want a woman. I encourage, would encourage women to not really date in the extremes, okay? So did I have a reasonably mm-hmm. good time? Does it mean it has to be, like, the best, most exciting first date of your life where you're, oh, my God, I want to marry this <laughs> man, and I know he's the one, and, um, you know, there's, like, chemistry from the second you, you know, your eyes meet. I, I feel like, you know, it, for, for myself personally, every time I had that sort of connection with a man on a first date from the very first second, it ended in shambles because you end up mm. overlooking, you end up putting blinders on to a lot of red flags that start popping up. So, you know, did you have a reason to time? Did you have a nice conversation? Did you, you know, you know, enjoy each other's company? Nothing doesn't have to be extreme. If, you, if it was a terrible time, of course I'm not saying to, to go out on a second date. But, you know, find the balance there. Um, was I reasonably attracted to him? So maybe he, you know, he didn't knock your socks off physically. He wasn't 100% your physical ideal. But there were, like, certain things that you did find attractive about him. Maybe he had a, you know, sexy hands or a sexy smile or you liked the way he was dressed. Um, so instead of, like, poking holes in people, start looking for positives, right? So there was there a reasonable level of attraction? Um, and did we have a reasonable amount of common interest? So maybe you discover that he has some you know, different interests than you and maybe an interest that you might even think is a little strange. But there's, you don't have to have everything in common, you know, but just a reasonable amount of common interest. Um, and, and so, again, it prevents women from really kind of dating in the extreme uh, and, and, and opening their, their hearts and their minds up to, to men that, you know, something might blossom over time. It doesn't have to be an immediate lightning bolt connection. And, that, and, you know, that's what happens for me and Dave time. And I thought, you know what? That guy was really nice. And I'd like to see him again. And then on the second date, it was like, okay, wow, this is really starting to build. And then the third date, it was like, yep, this is definitely going somewhere. So I allowed things to develop and walk over time. Wonderful. Those are three um, really helpful questions. Um, so I completely agree with that. After... Now, so we're going in the first day. We get through that. We go on a second day. So yeah. now after, you know, we get to the third day, right? So now it's like, as you say, you know, a lot of people are looking at after a third day. You know, okay, is there real potential here? So after getting past the third date, you suggest that daters reflect on four different questions. Um, these questions, I think, you know, and this is for the third date. This is beyond the you know, to really assess whether the relationship has a life, you know, has that potential to move forward. So let's let's take these questions and 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 break them break them down, if you would, for for our listeners. Um, the first one: Do I feel good about myself when I'm around him? Right. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. Um, and just to give the listeners context, the chapters are, are broken out in. Um, you know, I already mentioned sort of my, my date, learn, re- repeat model of entrepreneurial dating. Chapter five is all about dating, taking action. And what we're talking about now is in chapter six, which is sort of the learn part of that model where you're sort of learning and reflecting on the experiences that you're having so that you can act again in smarter, empowered ways, more empowered ways, um, which is sort of the repeat chapter. Uh, but anyways, just wanted to get some context. But, yeah, um, so sure. 
after the, the third date and future dates, I think it's important for, for women and men, really, to start asking themselves um, some questions. And the first one, as you say, is, do I feel good about myself when I'm around him? Um, and so I think it's really important um, to, to be with someone who appreciates you and who allows you to be who you are and feel good about that and somebody who brings out your best attributes, you know. And so if you find yourself feeling, like, emotionally off kilter and just sort of unsure of yourself, that's really something to reflect on and think about, okay. Um, do I feel good about, the second question is, do I feel good about the bond and connection we're forming? Uh, so, you know, do you, is, is, do you feel um, like there is it's a real connection growing and, and a bond and a state of, you know, you, you feel safe and secure in this connection that you're forming, um, which, you know, sort of dovetails off the first one. If you find yourself, if you find this connection is sort of unstable and he, you know, pops up every now and, and again, um, you know, it's time to consider whether this is really the person that is going to be in that vision, right, that you create in, in chapter, uh, chapter two. Um, and then the third question is, do we value similar things in life? So, we don't, you know, you'll start to discover as you, as you start dating someone, um, mm-hmm. what values, you know, what are, he, what, what are the things that he values in life? You don't have to value, you know, you don't have to have 100% of the same values, but if you have certain fundamental values, he doesn't ask you to change those values, nor do you ask him to change some of his more fundamental values. But maybe there's some other values that, you know, you can work with a little bit. You know, religion, for instance, wasn't really important to me. I'm Jewish, but I, I wasn't raised, you know, really as, as, as um, it wasn't religious growing up. And Dave is Catholic. And so that was a, a value that wasn't really all that important to me. So I was willing to sort of compromise on that. But other, other values in my life were truly, really important to me. And I wouldn't want to be with somebody who asked me to compromise those fundamental values. Um, and then, you know, the final question I, I encourage women and men to ask themselves as they're dating people, um, you know, probably after the third date and future dates, is how is our relationship growing, right? Um, and I like to put it in terms, sure. coming back to an entrepreneurial venture, is it um, low growth, hyper growth, or steady growth, right? How is your dating and love venture growing? So, you know, low growth is um, you've been dating for a few months, but things really feel stagnant and progressing very slowly, and there's no real effort on the part of your suitor to kind of move things forward, even though you've expressed interest in doing so. Um, and that means you're settling, ultimately you're settling for crumbs, right? You're settling for crumbs from this person when you should be really wanting the whole cake, right? Um, and then there's mm-hmm. hyper mm-hmm. Um And I don't know if, if, you know, you've worked with, with people who get involved in these um, relationships instantly, like after a week, they're already talking marriage and moving in together. <laughs> and sometimes sure. I think, um, you know, you're, you're in that type of scenario, you really get caught up in a frenzy pace and, and you're not, without even really pausing to think about your feelings and is this really the right person. Um, and then there's steady growth. And steady growth is, you know, maybe you've been dating for, say, two to three months. This isn't an exact science, of course. Um, but things feel like they're growing naturally and organically and at a healthy pace. And you're taking time to get to know each other and figure out your feelings for one another. There's no pressure from either person. And it just feels like a steady upward trajectory. Now, I am not saying because I have seen relationships in low growth and hyper growth work out. 
but I would encourage women to predominantly um, seek out steady growth in, in a budding relationship. So just just a thought. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it all, um, it's all interrelated because the character traits that, uh, that you mentioned before, you know, as you mentioned, that is something that is not immediately apparent in a crash and burn situation. Um, that's something that, you know, if things organically unfold, there's time and interaction which reveals it. So that um, complete, you know, there's internal consistency there, which is really helpful. Um, now, you know, you had mentioned the date, learn, repeat um, that your book, uh, in terms of the framework of your book, Let's go to the repeating part of that. And your book actually uh, distinguishes between iterative dating and incremental dating. Um, so, again, it's, it's um, very interesting to do these parallels between uh, the entrepreneurial um, application of entrepreneurial to business and then the application to the love life. So tell us about this iterative and the incremental and how they, are both, how they can both work together to be well-serving approaches. Tell us about that. Um, as you know, entrepreneurs in their ventures um, iterate, right? They, they iterate in their businesses. So they take certain actions, they make certain choices and decisions, go in certain directions, and then some things work, some things don't, and then they go in, um, you know, certain directions based on the actions that they take. Um, and so these are called iterations, and you iterate your business as you go. Um, and so bringing that back to the dating world, um, I, you know, I talk about what I like to call iterative dating. So this is really about learning as you go. So taking action, right, in the dating world, and that means going on more dates, increasing interactions with men, getting out there, and, and then learning from all of these actions that you're taking. And then acting again, and here's the keyword, in smarter, more empowered ways. And you could consider these types of things iterations of your dating and love venture. So you're iterating really on the process of how you date. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did you want to talk about the, the incremental dating or did you want to stick with yeah. So Sure, um, sure. So I think these are both important in terms of guiding, in terms of having your own, uh, your own compass and, and navigating it. So, yeah, no, definitely yeah. Iter- incremental plus. Yeah, and iterative dating okay. is really going to be different for everyone, right, because um, we all, again, we all have, uh, we're all unique. We all have different experiences and backgrounds, um, different experiences in the dating world. And so a one-woman iterates in, in, as far as um, the process of how she dates is going to look different from another woman and how she iterates in her dating life. Um, so, you know, and I, I walk the, the, the reader through examples of iterative dating in action for um, a bunch of different women um, in the book. But, you know, we don't really have time to go through that. But, um, you know, the other part of um, – the other part of this is what I like to call incremental dating, right? So entrepreneurs iterate the, pro- the, the process um, of um, – they iterate in the, in the process of how they, you know, deliver their services uh, or their products, so they iterate in that way. And then they also make incremental adjustments, so uh, incrementally improving their product or service. So bringing that back to your dating and love life, incremental dating – well, iterative dating is about improving the process of how you date. Incremental dating is about improving you, the product, you, right? And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to make this clear. This is not about changing who you are, right? Because ultimately you want a man to fall in love with you for who you are. So this is not about changing who you are at your core. 
this is about making, you know, maybe incremental adjustments in certain ways. Um, you know, maybe you need, uh, you know, practice with certain dating skills, certain interpersonal skills. I list out 50 different things that you can practice while out there in the dating world. So you sort of incrementally work on work on this stuff um, and, and practice different things. Because list off, you know, uh, trying to flip to the page in the book, um, but you know, here's a list of 50 things. So while you, that you can practice. Um, incrementally improve as you're out there dating. Conversation and small talk skills. Opening up and sharing stories. Getting others to open up to you. Active listening skills. Learning skills. Eye contact. Giving and receiving compliments. Articulating your goals and dreams in life. Um, patience. Friendliness. Warmth. Feminine energy. Generosity. I mean, there's a million, I list off, you know, a million other things that you can sure. This is not about changing who you are. but working on certain dating skills and interpersonal skills um, that can help you make better connections with men and women out there in the dating world. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's not the, as you mentioned, the, the couple you railed off, and like you have a whole list of about 50, um, these are, you know, these are skills that are applicable and personally with every area of life. So it's, you know, self-serving. It's, it's not limited in that sense to, um, you know, to dating. Well, now, uh, finally, uh, will you share with our listeners the importance of embracing failure in their dating lives? Um, yeah. Tell us about that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as an entrepreneur, Desbina, I'm sure you are um, well acquainted with failure. <laughs> um, obviously, your business is a success, but as you built that business, you most likely made missteps and wrong turns and had disappointments. Um, and and, and you kept going because you learned from those disappointments and setbacks and, and missteps, right? So at the end of the day, and, and in the world of entrepreneurship, they actually have conferences devoted entirely to the failures that businesses make. There's a conference called FailCon that they have every year, and it's all about failures, failures that businesses make. Um, at the end of the day, your failures become your assets. And that's the title of the chapter, Chapter 8, Failure is Your Greatest Asset. And so what I encourage women and men to do in, in their dating and love life is to look at any things in their dating and love life that they deem, you know, failures and missteps and wrong turns and setbacks and disappointments. So look at that, turn that whole concept around, have a mind shift about this concept of mm-hmm. failure and, and to really see your failures as things that are instructive, as things that you can learn from um, and, and, and things that, that – you know, again, that you can learn from that help you go in, in smarter, better directions. Um, and, and really, you know, getting back to that term iteration, if you can think about your failures in your dating and love life as just a series of iterations, right, in this dating and love venture, um, I think the dating journey is going to be a lot less stressful for you, and you're not going to be as afraid to get out there and take risks um, and to make yourself vulnerable. Because, again, it's this, you have to de-educate yourself from this concept of failure and this horrible, awful thing. And I, I, can't take, I can't take risks because, oh, my God, what if I'm vulnerable and what if I fail and what if I get hurt again? But if you start mm-hmm. changing that concept, thinking about your failures as iterations that are going to help you get to eventually that one person to where you want to go, the love that you really want to create. Again, I think the dating journey for you is going to be a lot more fun and, and less stressful. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing your insights with us, Neely. They've been very interesting. And yeah. what do you have any last thoughts or take-home message 
you'd like to uh, leave our listeners? Well, I mean, we didn't get to the rest of the chapters, but, um, you know, uh, there's a couple other chapters. One is about, you know, tapping into the power of your network. You know, you know a lot more people that, than you think you do that can help you out in your love life and introduce you to people. So really, you know, take advantage of your networks and, and um, chapter about creating your own opportunities, right? There's a million ways, a million opportunities that you can seize um, in your love life to meet people. And I walk you through kind of how to do that, how to create your own opportunities. Um, and really, I guess the final thing, message that I would want to leave people with is that honestly, half the battle <laughs> in, in, in this, you know, dating game is staying positive, is keeping a positive attitude and remaining hopeful um, and, and, and just, you know, just being positive. That's it. That's half the battle. If you can do that, you're halfway there. You're really, you're halfway there. And, um, and, oh, you know, I agree. For, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be honored for, you know, people to check out the book and, and let me know what they think. Well, tell us, um, tell us, Amy, how, what, how can, let's just get a copy of your book. And, again, the book is entitled, for everyone, Skin in the Game, Unleashing Your Inner Entrepreneur to Find Love. Um, yeah, Neely, how, uh, what's the best way for the readers to, or for the listeners, if, uh, to become readers of this book? Yeah, um, so they can go to my website uh, and go to the, the store section of the website, um, and there's a link to the Amazon page. My website is thelovetrep.com. Trep is common shorthand um, for the word entrepreneur people now understand. So it's thelovetrep.com. Um, or you can just go to Amazon, type in the search bar, Neely Steinberg, Skin in the Game, and it'll pop right up. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much, uh, Neely. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, Ashley, thank you so much. And in case you joined us late, I would like to share this show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Matches website which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. I appreciate you hanging out with us, and make sure to join us for next month's show. Take care, everyone. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.